0: Chapter One of Benjamin Franklin, The First Day It was Sunday morning of the 6th January, 1706, when a baby first saw the light of a poor tallow chandelier's house on Milk Street, nearly opposite of the Old South Church. In Boston, the little stranger came into a large and growing family, of whom, at a later period, he might sometimes have seen 13 children sit down at the table to very hard and simple fare. A baby is nothing new in this family, said so Josiah Franklin, the father this is the fifth theme. Let me take him over to the church and have a Christian this very day. There should be no lost time in Christening him. What say you, friends, all? It is a likely boy, and it's best to start him right in life at once. People don't often christen their baby and church on the day of birth, said the lost neighbor. Though, a child, if a child seems likely to die, it may be christened on the day of its birth at home. This child does not seem likely to die, said the happy teller I will go and see the parson, and if he does not object, I will give the child to the Lord on this January day. And if he should come to anything, he will have occasion, this occasion to remember that I thought of this higher duty that I owed, owe him. He first opened his eyes to the light. The smiling, enthusiastic child chandelier went to see the parson when he returned to his home. By it, he said to his wife, I am going to have the child Christian. What shall his name be? Josiah Franklin Chandler, who had immigrated from Boston in town, that he might enjoy religious freedom, had left a brother in England. He was an honest, kindly, large-hearted man, and a poet. How would Benjamin do, he continued, rather his brother's name? Benjamin is a family name and a good one. Benjamin, of the old who sacked Joseph put the silver cup, was a right kind of man. What do you say, a Folger? Benjamin is a good name, and a name lasts forever, life. But your brother Benjamin has not succeeded very well in many undertakings. No, but in all his losses, he has never lost his good name. His honor shall has shown over all. A good name is rather to be chosen than great riches, and a loving favor rather than silver or gold. A man may get riches and yet be poor. It is he that seeks after the welfare of others more than wealth for himself that lives for the things that are best. Josiah, this is no common boy. Look at his head. We, have, we cannot do for him as a neighbor. As our neighbors do for their children, where we can give him a name to honor, and that, and that will be an example to him. How would Folger do? Folger Franklin, father Folger was a poet like young brother Benjamin, and he did well in life. He would unite the names of families, of the two families, John Folger of Norwich, England, who had son Peter, came to the country in 1635, in the same ship that bore the family Reverend Hug Peters, the clergyman who is known as the Regisid or King Murderer who suffered a most terrible death in London after the assassination of Charles II. Seceded Roger Williams in the Church of Salem, he flourished during the times of Cromwell, but was sentenced to be hanged, cut down alive, and tortured his body to be quartered, and is said exposed among the male factors on account to have the consent to the execution of Charles I. My Monkhogg Peter Salisotl is Mary Morrell, a white slave purchased serving maid. She's a very bright and beautiful girl. The passenger's is a small comfort aboard board the ship, the passenger is a long one, and time passed heavily. The passengers who were most interesting to the other became intimate, the young Peter Folger and beautiful Mary of the vertices became interesting to each other and very social. Peter Folger began to ask himself the question, if the fair maid would marry me, could I not purchase her freedom? He seemed somehow to have found out that the latter could be done, so Peter offered himself to the attractive servant of the vertices. The two were betrothed amid of the Atlantic winds and rolling seas. And the roaring ocean would have little troubled them, and then so happy were their anticipations of the life in the new world. Peter purchased Mary's throne of the courtices. So he bought the grandfather of Benjamin Franklin, who was to snatch the thunderbolts from heaven and the scepter from Tyrone to sign the Declaration of Independence, who brought forth a new order of government for mankind, and formed a treaty of peace with England, who was to make America free. Peter Folger and his bride first settled in Waterton, Mass, where the young immigrant became a useful citizen. He studied the Indian tongue. About 1660, the family moved, removed to Martha's Vineyard with Thomas Mayhew, a colonial fame, where Peter was employed as a schoolteacher and a land surveyor. He assisted Mr. Mayhew in his work among the Indians. He went to Nantuck as a surveyor about, in about 1662. He was induced to remove there as an interpreter as a land surveyor. He was assigned to the properties a place through the Rogers Field and later as Jethro Folders Lane, now a portion of Magic Wet Road. Their tenth child was Abiah Born, August 15, sixty seven. She was the second wife of Josiah Franklin, Tallochandler, the sign of Blue Ball, Boston, and the mother of the boy whom she would have have to, have a inherit, so inspiring a name. Peter Folger, a Quaker of the pole of the island of Nantucket, he is the most worthy man. He lived at the beginning of a dark time of persecution, when the Baptists and Quakers were in danger of being publicly wiped out, branded, and deported, or banished into the wilderness. Stories of the cruelty followed these people and the colonists, causing the Quaker's heart to bleed and burn. He wrote a poem entitled, A Looking to Glass for the Times, in which he called New England, to pause in her sins of intoleration and persecution, and threatened the judgments foretold in the Bible upon those who do injustice to God's children. The bias of the proud father, I admire the character of your father and justice for justice and human's rights, but wife, listen. Brother Benjamin has lost all of his ten children. But one, I pity him. Wife, listen. Brother Benjamin is a poor, through no fault, but he is because he gave himself and all that he has, that was, to his family. Listen, I would touch his heart to learn that I had named this boy for him. It would show the old man that I have not forgotten him, but still thought of him. I cannot do much for this boy, but I can give Brother Benjamin a home with me, as he is a great reader. He can instruct the boy to be wise, preceptive, and a good example. If the boy only follow the brother's principles, he may make the name of Benjamin live. And once more, if we name the boy Benjamin, it will make Brother Benjamin feel that he has not lost all, but that will give him another chance in the world. How glad that it would make the poor father, poor old man! I'd i may, I'd like to name him as the boy's godfather. I do pity him, don't you? You have hurt, hurt the heart of Peter Folger. There's a science. Abaya, what now shall the boy's name be? Benjamin. You have chosen the name out of your heart. May that same name bring you joy. I ought to do since you have given upon your own wish and breathed it out of your own heart in consensus. To give it up is to gain. He lift, he took the child and we will give the name to him now. I will take the child and go to church. I will name him Brother Benjamin as his godfather. It was a cold day for the little one and a healthy one which to start out in the world. There is nothing like a starting in Ryan, a good... Um, name which may the Lord help of his child to honor and obiah that he will. He wrapped up the babe warmly and looked him full in the face. Josiah Franklin was a genuine provident, hard sensed man. He probably had no prophetic visions, no thought that the little one given him to this frosty January morning in the breezy town of Boston by the sea would command senates and lead courts and sign a declaration of peace then make a possibly new order of government in the world. He could have entered his mind, the boy should become a good man with a little poetic imagination like his Uncle Benjamin, the home poet. he would contact. He opened the door of his one room on the lower floor of his house and went out into the cold with his child in his arms. In a short time he returned and laid little Benjamin in the arms of his mother. I hope the child's life will hold out as it has has begun. And he added, Benjamin Franklin, day one, started right. May heaven help him and get used to the world. As poor as the tall chandelier was hospital on the day, that day, he did not hold the birth of the little one, which really was an event of greater importance to the world than the birth of a king as anything more than a simple growth of an honest family, who had left the crowded towns and a smithy of old England to enjoy freedom of faith, conscience, and opportunities of the new world. He wished to live where he might be free to enjoy his own opinions and promote a colony where all men should have these priv- priv- privilege. The house in which Flanker was born is described as follows. Its front upon the street was rudely clapboarded and sides were protected from the inclemencies of a New England climate by large rough shingles. In height, the house about three stories in front and the second store and an attic is projected somewhat into the street over the principal store under the ground floor. Only the lower floor of the main house there is ru- one room only. This man probably served the Frelinkins as a parlor and sitting room. And also for the family eating room it was about twenty feet square and had two windows on the street. It also had one on the passageway, so it gave good inmates a good view of Washington Street. In the center of the cellar side of the room, which was those a large noted large fireplace situated in the most capious chimney. The left there is most spacious closet. On the ground floor connected to a sitting room that the entry was the kitchen. The second store originally contained but one chamber. and its windows, to door fireplace and closet were similar in number and position to those of the parlor beneath it. The attic was also originally a one-plastic room, and had a window in front of the street and two common attic windows, one on each side of the roof near the back part of it. Soon, that prophetic event, Josiah Franklin, by his wife, went to live in the sign of Blue Ball Blue Ball, on what was the southeast corner of Hanover and Union Streets. The sign of the birth Franklin was gave long made notable to the Office of Boston before a political paper whose humor was once profitable. The site was still visited by strangers and bears in the record of the event, which has contributed so powerful and influenced the scientific political history of the world. Wendell Phillips used to say that there are two kinds of people in the world one who went ahead and did something, and another who showed him showed him how the thing ought to have been done in some other way. The boy belonged to the former class. But I doubt if any reader of this volume was ever born to so hard to a state as this boy, let us follow him into the store in a land of childhood in Germany. Every child passes through the fairyland, but there's no such land in Josiah Franklin's tallow shop, except when the busy man sometimes played the violin in the inner room, sang psalms to the music, usually a very solemn tone. There are not many homes in Boston at this period that ever in a near approach of fairyland is a violin. Those were hard times for children, especially with lively imaginations which give Benjamin no common degree. There are Indians in those times, supposed, to go, supposed ghosts and witches, but no passing clouds for angels cherished. There are no brownies among the wild rose bushes and the ferns. There is one good ch- children's story in every home. That of Joseph in the Bible still is e- Eloise in the best family story in all the world. Thank you for listening to this podcast.